but be safe anyway. Uh, so we're reading from Galatians tonight, as Chris mentioned. Uh, so chapter 5, starting at verse 16. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I tell you about these things in advance, as I told you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Excellent. Let me pray, and then uh, let's think about this last value. Our loving Heavenly Father, we do just uh, thank you for the great lengths you went to so that our relationship with you could be fixed. Um, Lord, please help us to care. And as we think about that now and think about our relationships with other people, I just pray, Lord, that you would soften our hearts to uh, want the relationship we have with you to overflow to others, uh, that we would really have good relationships with one another because of your supernatural help. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, first thing I want to say, I want to say uh, God knew what he was doing when he designed marriage. Marriage is fantastic. It's a great gift from God. It's a bit of a struggle because two sinful people get together and there's a fair bit of rubbing edges till you work it out. I know it seems idealistic, but there is no perfect person, sorry to tell you that. Whoever you marry, if you think you're marrying a, a perfect person, you're going to be in big trouble. You're going to find out that they're real and they're not so good. But if you work on it, marriage is a great gift from God. But I need to tell you this, that, you know, um, when Sue's angry with me, which she hardly ever has a reason to be, um, oh, life is not so good. It's not so good. I don't know how she can do it. She can change the air in the whole house. The whole house. Sorry, and backyard. You can't even get it. You just feel... The atmosphere has changed. When Sue and I are getting on well, oh, well, you know, the atmosphere spreads to the whole community. I can go on a push bike ride, come back, I'm not in trouble, it's fantastic. And why is the way God has designed us, you've got to understand, we are made in his image and we are made for relationship. The health of your relationships. And I'm not just talking about marriage. It's with your parents, with your friends, with your church. The health of your relationships has a lot to do with your health as a person, your mental stability, your enjoyment of life is all wrapped up. Now, nothing's perfect in this world. We're not heaven yet. Don't hear utopia. Don't hear any of that. Just hear you are made to be relational. Now, one of the reasons God gives us marriage is so that you will work on relationships. If you can get on with another sinful person in the same house, let me tell you now, sex won't save nothing. It needs a lot more than that. Getting on with one another, you can get on with someone, it's great practice. Getting on with other people, it's great practice with getting on with another person. 
It's so important because relationships are so important. We are relational beings, absolutely crucial. Uh, and what we need to understand is God absolutely uh, values relationships, good relationships, not just with people you like, but with all people you come into contact with. And yes, there's a close circle and a wider circle to, wide, to, to just the way you treat a person you don't even know down the road. That's wider circle. God cares about all of the relationships that you get yourself in from the when you drive down the road, no road rage, be nice to people, to the people who are close and in your life all the time. God wants them to work. But boy, oh boy, it's not easy mainly because of you. We always think it's someone else's fault, because I, I know in my, relation, in my relationship that's true. It's always Sue's fault. Um, that is true. But in everyone else's relationship, it's actually, it's actually you, and you need to know that. You are the problem with your relationships. It's not them. You know, and that's why I'm the minister, because you know, I get it all right, and you guys get it all. No, you know that's wrong, don't you? I'm lying. First lie I've told. And, you know, and so it's relationships are so, so important. And what you've got to understand, when relationships are going well, it is usually you. How are you going to deal with you? How am I going to deal with me? I am the biggest problem in my relationships. I am the biggest threat to our marriage. I am the biggest threat to being a bad dad. I am the biggest threat to being a bad pastor. It's me and how I react to people in all the... You are the biggest threat to your life. You are the biggest threat to this church. Does it make sense? Okay. Let's start thinking about how we can deal with this. Uh, you'll see... Uh, 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 there's a lot of things I want to say. Uh, let me just start by letting us... Just listen to the Bible first as we get to these points I want to get to. Um, I'm still sort of introing. But uh, what we need to know is first off to know where conflict comes from. And so James 1, James chapter 4 verse 1 says this. Listen carefully. God tells us because God knows everything. He's telling you about yourself and me. James chapter 4 verse 1. What is the source of wars and fights among you? Don't they come from the cravings that are at war within you? You desire and you do not have. You murder and you covet because you cannot obtain. You fight and war. Now, I'm not going to exegete that, not going to explain all that, but you, get the, you hear what he's saying to us. He's saying, what is your problem? It comes from your cravings, your desire. It comes from in you. Because it takes two to fight. It takes two. And you're always one of the two. And I'm always one of the two. And it's not always their fault. It comes from within us. Conflict comes from selfish desires. We'll look at that a bit more. Selfish comes from there. And what happens is whenever something goes wrong in a relationship, there's two things that we will fall into do. We'll, we'll all lean one way or the other. We'll either be someone who pretends like nothing's wrong. So that's called faking peace. So there's been a bit of a fight. Sometimes you'll let things go. Like sometimes you've got to let it slide. If you're gonna, you've got to work out what to slide and what to slide. But sometimes it needs to be dealt with and you'll just pretend like there's no problem. But there is a problem and faking it doesn't work. 
Another way that people respond is rather than running away and pretending like nothing's there, what they do is they, they fight, they break it. They break, they got to, you mean to me, I'm going to get you twice as bad. You know, you say something to me, I'm going to use you in a sermon. I'm going to make sure I use your name in public and get you and make you, don't you pick on me. You know, you get the break. You got the, the runaway or you got the break. But what God wants us to do is not run away and fake it, and he wants us not to break it. What he wants us is to make peace. To make peace. But how? I, I, I hope you all agree and you understand the how. You understand that God wants it. And you understand how hard it is. And now how? I just want to do hows. Everyone ready for hows? Okay, here we go. How, how the heck can I do that? Because you're a mongrel. When you're mean to me, it's your fault. And you deserve what you get off me. No, not quite, you see. How am I going to do it? How am I going to do it when I'm stirred up? Well, firstly, it starts off one. Uh, it starts off with being at peace with God. We're back to where we started with the Lord's Supper. God wants us to know that to get on with other people is supernatural. And so you've got to have a supernatural answer to how you're going to get on with other people. The world is at war. The world fights. The world is a history of people being mean to one another at so many levels. Movies, the whole movie industry nearly is love and murder, you know. That's what there is. It's, it's what the world is. And so how are we going to deal with it? You've got to deal with it supernaturally. You've got to deal with it supernaturally. I've got to deal, deal with it supernaturally. I do that by... Working at and having peace with God. The whole of the Bible can be summed up as God working so that you will be at peace with him forever. That's what it's about. He's, he went to the cross for peace so that you and him can get together, that the relationship can be reconciled. So he won't give you what you deserve. He gave it to his son who didn't deserve it. You know the gospel. We hear it so many times in this church. But... He did that so that we will have peace. You've got to have peace with your supernatural creator before it's ever going to overflow really to others with any sort of strength or when it gets hard. Uh, the Bible is peace. At Christmas we say, you know, peace on earth. Where do you get peace? The answer is Easter in Jesus. Romans 5.1 will say, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through Christ Jesus. We've got to have peace with God. We've got to make sure we're at a peaceful relationship with him. We've stopped rebelling against him. We've put our trust in him. We've stopped fighting against him. We've stopped running away from him. We've stopped pretending like we follow him when we don't. No, we just go, please forgive me. And he just says, I just absolutely love when people say to me, sorry. And he just accepts us, no matter what you've done, what you've said. It's, he, he, Jesus went to the cross so that we can have peace. So nothing I'm going to say from now is going to work, from, work for you if you haven't made peace with God. Because you end up only in your own strength and not in God's strength. By your own strength, as a human, as a person, you cannot do it. You cannot keep up good relationships. 
You'll either fake it or you'll be a break it or you'll only hang with people who like you or only people who say what you want and then you keep moving around. Either. It's fake. It's pretend. You can't keep a relationship together in a healthy way. I've met so many people. I go to their place and they're married, but boy, oh boy, they're not at peace. Peace starts with peace with God. Secondly, you've got to know that the peace that God, that he wants to have with you, that he now wants you to be someone who has, is at peace with others, everyone. He wants that peace to overflow to the way that you treat everyone, from those in your inner circle to those that you run into down the road. He wants that peace that he's made with you, that he's given to you through Jesus, he wants that coming out in the way you treat others. Let me just give you some verses just to think about and feel that for a second. Romans 12, 18. If possible, on your part, live at peace with everyone. With who? Oh, you've got to be kidding. Everyone except for Tony. I'll be okay. No, 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 no. No, he's lovely. You know what I mean? Like, everyone. Everyone. And you know, in the end, you know, you imagine, I just, yeah, yeah, I'll say a few more than I'll say that. Romans 14, 19. So then we must pursue, pursue what promotes peace and what builds up one another. We must pursue peace. Ephesians 6. And your feet sandaled with readiness with the gospel of peace. James 3, 17. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace loving. 1 Peter 3.11, and he must turn away from evil and do what is good. He must seek peace and pursue it. Must. It's, it's the logical outcome of peace with God is peace with others. Must everyone. It, God cares how we treat everyone, how we're getting on with everyone. We, and it, we need his help to do it. And I always, I, you know, we've got to keep looking to Jesus. But, you know, does, I just, you know, one of the reasons I believe this is all true, one of the many reasons... Jesus on the cross, they've just beat the poo out of him. You know, they've shoved and made fun of him. Everyone's making fun of him. They've shoved, you know, shoved crown of thorns on his head, nailed him to a cross, and what does he say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I know what I'd be saying, and I don't think that was it. <laughs> you know, if I had the power to smite people, there's a few people I'd like to smite, and they'd be some of them. You just put nails in. You made fun of me. You think I'm the... Wait till you see who I am, you mongrel. You know, like... You don't make up stuff like that. That's God... Like, he's nothing like us. It's that supernatural forgiveness, willing to forgive, that, that, that has been acted in your life if you're a Christian. If you're following, he's, that forgiveness you have had a taste of. And he'll just keep pouring in to give you peace, but he wants that to pour out. To others. Peace starts with peace with God, but that peace we must pursue with others to everyone. He wants it to go everyone. It starts with him though, because you cannot do it. You have not got a hope. I have not got a hope without peace with God because it comes from God, his power. Now I'm going to give you the four practical steps. You see, I couldn't find any fancy words. We've got the dap. So dap is the best. Dap. I hope that helps you remember it, but if not, sorry. Adapt to dap. Here we go. So here we go. So what it's this four, four more practical steps. I just had to remind us to start that way, but here we go. Uh, first one, one, is how can the heck I 
get on with someone when I don't feel well? Well, the first one is follow the right desires. That's what D is, D, desires. Now, I want you to understand this point. So Galatians 5, our reading, I say then walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. They are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh, now by flesh the Bible means when you're rebelling against God, disobeying God, not caring about God, not following God, not in a relationship with God. The acts of the sinful nature, the rebellious nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, sex with someone you're not married to, moral impurity, things that are wrong, promiscuity, sex with someone you're not married to but you're not married yet. 20, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousies, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing. You done any of them? Yeah. I might have done one or two. I tell you about these things in advance, as I tell you before, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. This is, of course, talking about salvation, but there's an implication of it, of being saved. What he is saying to those who have come to know Jesus is that now God has moved into your life by the Spirit and you've got two desires. You have the old sinful desires... Uh, the nature, selfish, the sinful nature, the fleshly nature, the worldly nature, and you have a new spiritual nature. God has moved into your life, and you now have godly spiritual desires. Those of you who don't know Jesus, you just have one set of desires. They are sinful. That doesn't mean you only do what's bad. Sinful just means you do what you want, you do what you feel. That's the sinful nature. The godly nature is you have desires to do what God wants. He's changing us into people to be like him. And so how the heck can I absolutely get on with someone when uh, I'm struggling with them? Well, what we need to know is that God has given us desires that are his. So you have wrong desire. This is just not a non-Christian. This is not when before we were a Christian, when we had a conscience that's right, that's wrong, I do what's wrong. This is not the conscience of what's right and wrong. This is, I have a desire to do what's wrong, and I have a desire to do what is right. When we're a Christian, God's given us desires. We follow desires. We have desires to have sex before we get married, and we have desires not to. If you're a Christian, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, we have desires, for those who have married, to be faithful to our partners. And we have desires not to. Guess which one's from God? Uh, we have desires to worship the world and sin and, and go after and live for what he's created. And we have desires to worship God and idolise him and to find joy. We have desires to praise God and glorify God or to praise ourselves and glorify the world. 
We have desires to get drunk, get on drugs, do what you want, let yourself go. Or we have desires to enjoy the life that God has given us in a controlled way. We have desires to smack someone in the head and we have got desires to keep your hands in your pocket. God has given us desires. We feel our sinful desires are so strong. The problem is, and here's where it goes wrong, what we sort of end up happening in the Bible is that you need to feed the desires that you want to strengthen. It's like if you've got a dog, you've got two dogs, a bad dog, a good dog, whichever one you feed is going to be the biggest, strongest and win the fight. You know, you feed the one you want to win and you starve the one you want to lose. Sorry if you've got dogs. You shouldn't starve a dog you don't like as much as the other. It's just an illustration. Though in the Charles's house, there is one little yappy dog that could be... No, 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 we won't get... So, um, no, no. Where's Romy? She didn't throw anything at me. She's not here. That's good. Oh, sorry, Romy. Listen to this talk. Okay. Now, um, and so, 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 so you've got these two desires. So how can I do it? Well, God has given us godly desires. He's saying, feed them. Follow them. Lean, starve the bad one. Yeah, you know, sometimes you've got... You remember the story of Joseph when, you know, Potiphar's wife tries to get him into bed? Remember what he did? Ran. He knew he couldn't control himself. She's a good-looking girl and she said, come on, let's have sex. He went, ah! And he ran that way. He just ran because he's a smart guy. He knows what's going to happen. So he runs. You see, run away. Starve. You know, you have trouble with alcohol, don't go to clubs. You have trouble over, don't go there. You just starve it and go somewhere else. There's good places to go that are other places that God has given us. Starve the sinful nature, feed the godly nature. You see, because God's given you desires. So there's desires you can follow that he gives. I always remember, I can still remember, I, be I became a Christian in the middle of the football scene. You know, Parramatta Rugby, you know, yeah, you know. And, you know, you get, I can still remember going to the club after footy one night, because Saturday night you got on the grog after the footy, that's what you did. You drank as much as you could and tried to get your friends to fall over. That was our friends. And so you go there, and then suddenly I got there and had a few beers, and I suddenly went, I don't think I do this anymore. I, I'm not as comfortable as I was before. Where did that feeling come from? Where did that desire come from? I never, ever, ever had that desire ever in my life. But I turned to Jesus and say, please forgive me. And the next Saturday, I'm going, I don't think I do this anymore. Supernatural desire. Feed it. Follow it. Listen to it. Develop it. The other one, it says... Let's get in blotto. Let's get blotto. Let's go out for... That shouldn't say things like that on tape. You know, don't you starve, run away. You, you're getting what God's going? It's, he started to give you desire. You're forgiven. Now he's making you more like Jesus. He's now making you into the person he wants you to be. How can you stop fight? How can you not give someone what they deserve? I remember... Uh, it, in football, in, in, in another time, I was playing a game of football and someone said to me, this is about the second game after I became a Christian, they said, how come you didn't hit him, please? I said, oh, what, do you, what do you mean? He said, you would have always, you, you always hit. Do I? Yeah, you always hit. How come you didn't hit? What's the answer? 
I have a new desire. You don't hit people anymore, buffhead. You let it slide. You just tackle them a bit harder next time <laughs> in a loving Christian way. <clears throat> so God has given us different desires when you desire to hit, when you desire to be cruel, when you desire to be silent, when you desire to give them what they deserve, when you desire to gossip about them so that you can feel good about yourself, when you desire to leave them out of a party, leave them out of a thing, and then you have other desires not to do it, guess which ones are from God? Feed them. Follow them. Because it's supernatural power from the Spirit that he's given to you to feed. Don't, we don't have to fake peace we don't have to break peace, but we can make peace because of what Jesus has done to us and because God has given us a new spiritual nature. We have the spirit that we can follow who is powerful. You will follow the one you feed. Okay. Two, put on right attitudes before your next conflict. Put on right attitudes. You see, there's, there's attitudes that can help us not just follow the feeling, the desire that you have. Sometimes a feeling, sometimes it's a not. Desires can sort of go both ways. But put on these attitudes. So listen to Colossians. Therefore, God's chosen ones, holy and loved, holy, separated, loved, can't be loved anymore, cuddled, um, put on heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, accepting one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against you, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Above all, put on love, the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of the Messiah to which you were called in one body control your hearts. Be thankful. Let the message about the Messiah dwell amongst you, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom and singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed or do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. What's he saying? Put on the right attitudes. Practice the right attitudes. Put it on like clothes. Practice. Remember, you can forgive. So you practice forgiving the little things so that you can forgive the big things. Practice not giving the little things response so that when it gets big, you'll have this natural attitude to it. It's, it's put it on. Practice this attitude. What attitude should I have? How should I treat someone who's rude to me? You know, practice when it it's one of the ones you let slide. So when it's one you can't let slide and you've got to go deal with it, you've had a bit of practice. Because if you don't practice, you know it's like with anything. You don't practice the piano, you can't get up and play. You don't practice the drums, you get up, you're going to get it. You've got to practice. And so what God's saying is put on these attitudes, Christ-like attitudes. Use God's word to get them in your heads in Bible study and groups and listen and, and, and go and talk to one another and go, oh, Greg, is that the right attitude, the way you're talking to someone? Greg, is that, you know, come on, let's pray, pray. I need a bit of help with that. I get angry. Help me with that so I just don't jump on people. It's sort of like practice. Everyone got it? Practice. So, so remember, it all comes from God. You've got, you can't do it without 
God, making peace with God. Know that he wants you to have peace with others. You've got to know that that's what he, he must. It is. I won't forgive you if you won't forgive others. It's sort of that sort of pressure that if you are forgiven, then you'll be a forgiver. Uh, but, but, but then what do you do? Follow the right desires. Put on the right attitudes. Now, we're going to forget most of this when you walk away. And I know Paul's going to ask me a question at the end, which I'll get to in a second. I might get there or not. He's already got it there waiting for me, I know, and I'll see if I can get to it. But, but put on these right desires, haven't you? Is it true? It's true, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And see, and, uh, and so now here, put on, he's going, you told me the opposite of this the other day. Now we're going to get there. Now, and, uh, now you're all wondering, aren't you? And I'm not going to tell you. Now, uh, what am I talking about? That's oh, right. And now, so, um, what am I doing? Oh, three, thank you. Yeah, because we're not going to remember all this really. There's going to be a bit of a buzz. So what happens is you notice on the other side of your sheet, there's a peacemaker policy. So number three, follow our peacemaker policy. So that's why I'm hoping you won't lose this one we've got tonight because relationships are so important to your life and your enjoyment of life and other people's enjoyment of life, but also what God values, that we've got a policy, one of the policies that we have, and there's a few things you can find. I could spend a lot of time, I could spend the whole, we actually did a sermon series on one each, so that's how long you can speak on them. But basically, uh, in a nutshell, uh, you need to know that what you do is you think, what does God want me to do? And we all know the answer of what does God want me to do? What does God want you to do when you're feeling angry with someone or you're having a conflict with someone? Fix it. Fix it, forgive, let it slide, work out. So you've got to work that out. Glorify God. What does he want? He wants us to fix it. Two, uh, what do you want to do is own your own problem. That is, this is back to the start. You are part of the problem. I am part of the problem. I was joking when I say that it's all Sue's fault. It's only nearly all her fault. It's sort of that sort of idea. It is, you've got to own your own part, your part. It takes two to fight and you're in there. And so you've got to work out and you've got to apologise for what you've done. Three, gently restore. That is, you do have to work out, you know, uh, do I let this go? Do I have to deal with this? Do I have to say something? Say it. Uh, you, you know, you need, you need to gently restore. And, and then you've got to go and do it. Sometimes you've got to work out if you need someone's help to go and do it, and there's a process, and it's in there in the Bible. Most stuff we let go, most stuff you just say, you know, that hurt me. I'll give you a formula. I don't know if you're into formulas. A, B, C. When you A, I felt B because I thought C. No judgment in that at all. Brett, when you fell asleep in church, I feel a bit hurt. because I, yeah, yeah. No, no, I don't really. You know what I mean? Like, it's... It's sort, of, it's sort of owning it. I'm not saying you fell asleep because you don't like me. Do you hear that's judgment? You know, it's, it's sort of you own it. So own your things. Uh, own what you're doing. Uh, and then go and get reconciled. Fix it because God values your life. Fix it quick. Do you know the longer you leave it, the worse it gets? You all know that, don't you? If you need to fix it, get onto it quick. Don't leave it long because you fix it up. You think it's bad now. Think how bad it's going to be in a week if you don't do something, in a month. Fix them quick. Fix them quick. Fix them quick. Uh, fourth, am I going way too long? Probably. Four, uh, four. lastly, uh, this is an easy one. That is, pray with a friend. Pray with a friend. Uh, that is, when you, you think, oh, I've had a bit of a fight with someone, I'm feeling hurt with them, what should I do? Have a bit of prayer. And they, they might say, I'll let that slide. Or they might go, oh, if you can't let it go, you've got to go talk to them. Have a friend pray with you, not to gossip, not to put them down, not to make you feel better because you put them down because you're asking for help from one another because we know that fixing relationships is valuable. 
So what have we got when we put it all together? God's last value that we've had here is relationships. Why do we do that? They're the two bookends. We started with go make disciples, mission. God is a mission on a co-mission. We finished with relationships. God just cares. God cares about people being saved and becoming like Christ. God cares so much that we get on with one another. They'll know we're Christians by our love. It's just so, so important. They're the bookends of what God values. If you're going to forget everything else that we've done in the last 10 weeks, remember, go help people follow Jesus. Go help followers of Jesus become more like Christ. And remember, get on very, very well with one another because that's what God cares about. Remember that. And aren't you glad that God's like this? Because you realise that's why you're going to heaven if you're going to heaven. It's because he so, so, so values relationships that he does Everything, everything to fix it. And he will forgive anyone 70 times, seven times. That's the Bible way of saying he will forgive anyone, no matter what they've done, if they really repent and say sorry. Which is also another little part of our forgiveness, you might ask later, and I'll talk to Paul's question later because I've gone long enough. May our relationships be like God's and that we forgive one another because of the way he's forgiven us using his supernatural power. Amen. Oh, great timing. Wow.